With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys for another Arsenal Agenda show. You join us every single Monday to Friday at 9.30am to discuss all the latest in regards to the world of Arsenal. It's still a week away from Arsenal's game. I'm going to be real. I'm done with this. I'm so fed up with the international break. I think we are all very tired with it right now but fingers crossed we can still keep you entertained uh, throughout the uh, the week as we lead up to Arsenal's game against Crystal Palace and there is still plenty of Arsenal stuff to talk about I'm joined as always by a couple of fantastic guests first of all Bailey how do you met you well yeah I'm good Tom just very bored very very bored but I'm good Yes, it's uh, it's not the, the most entertaining time, is it? But uh, as I say, there's still stuff that we've got to go through. Chris, how do you feel? you well? Yeah, good. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, finding the international break um, challenging, missing the Arsenal, but uh, looking forward to, to football returning next week. Out of interest, how many hoodies do you own? Because I swear you've managed to come onto a show wearing a different hoodie every single one now. <laughs> they're, they're coming out of the wardrobe now, Tom. Uh, now the uh, the weather is getting a little bit more chilly. It's, it's, it's that time of year now. Yeah, fair enough. I think Bailey's going to try and wear a different jumper every single day now, leading through this international break as well. <laughs> I just, I just go with the simple black. It's just easy. It's just, it's slimming, is what it is. It's slimming, and I don't know why the missus says just gives me loads of black tops to wear. I don't know what she's trying to say. Anyway, we move on to the main part of the show, of course, going through the different topics. And reports broke yesterday evening that Arsenal are supposedly interested in a certain Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Bailey, what are your thoughts? Would you sign him up in January for a six-month loan with an option to buy? You know what? That was I didn't expect this link, but I'd take him. Personally, I'd take him on a six-month loan. I think we need a central midfielder going into the season. I think January may be hard to sign the central midfielder that we need, but we're seeing with Shaka's injury, it's left us incredibly light. And of course, hopefully, I'd get him at the start of the window because we know Mohamed Elneny and Thomas Party could be going to AFCON, so the African combination. So, we're going to need a midfielder at the end of the day. And I think bringing Ox in just for a loan, you can't really lose out on that, to be honest. It's a six-month loan. He knows what he, he knows what he needs to do. He does a good job in central midfield. And hopefully, if he can stay fit, I think he's a quality player at the end of the day and he'll definitely improve the team. So why not bring him in? Why not bring him in for a six-month loan? Chris, answer Bailey's question. Why not bring him in for a six-month loan? Well, I think the obvious answer there would be injury concerns. He's, he's obviously uh, someone who has had a lot of injury problems and setbacks over the last few years, although he, he seems to be sort of getting back to, to full fitness now and he's getting a bit more game time. <sighs> Look, uh, You're really struggling if, with this, it sounds like. <laughs> if, if, if he is available, uh, I mean, it is only a, a short-term loan, maybe covering us through until the end of the season. As Bailey and yourself touched on. We've got players going to the Africa Cup of Nations. Xhaka's already out for a little while. We're lacking a bit of depth in central midfield. I'm not totally against it, um, especially 
you know, this is only if it is a, sh- a short term loan. Look I wouldn't want to be smug face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because he knows that you're 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 probably against this one, Tom. But um, look, yeah, only if it's a short term loan. I don't think we need to be looking at anything long term, anything permanent. If it's just a short term loan to bring him in to provide a bit of cover, a bit more quality in an area that we're lacking some depth in uh, over the next few months, then yeah, I'm happy with that. It's probably a safer, you know, no disrespect to to Jack Wilshire, who we all know is a, a very talented player. But um, I think it's too much of a risk to to maybe give him the chance to play, c- considering his injury concerns, um, a bit more serious than what Oxy's um, experienced in his career. So um, I think Ox would would be the safer option. I think it would make sense. Um, and uh, yeah, if it's a deal that we could get done, then um, I, I'd certainly be happy with that. I yeah, as you say, I I'm not as keen on the idea as the polite way of, of putting it. Uh, I just think that Arsenal should be looking to sign players that take us towards our goals, um, and I think Doxo Chamberlain doesn't do that for us. I understand the idea of depth. I get that uh, we're losing Partey and and El Nenny, which would leave us with Lukonga and uh, Xhaka if he's fit, of course, by by January, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well. You've got some youngsters there. You've got a Charlie Patino that maybe could come through. I'm just Elkside Chamberlain suffered with a ridiculous amount of injuries since leaving the club. Inconsistent performances. Has he even improved since leaving? I'd argue that I don't think I've seen consistent performances at Liverpool that have been of a higher level than what we saw for Arsenal. Uh, And why give that? It feels like to me that when we talk about kind of these football being so binary and the question being, would you give Oxlade Chamberlain a loan? My answer would be no, because I'd rather give a six month loan to someone else with an option to buy that's of a higher potential or someone that could come in and, and be it could be arguably better to bring in in the summer. And the whole kind of we've been there, done that aspect of it as well. Like we've obviously seen Oxlade, we know what he's about. Are we going to get anything different from him? I'm not sure. And I expect a lot of us will go, well, me and Bailey specifically will go into a lot more detail about this in a, in a piece a little bit later on that's coming out on, on football.london a little bit later. But it's it's just one that I can't quite get on board with. We'll see what you guys are saying in the chat box, though. Uh, Mark Sampson, good morning to you, says, maybe as long as it is not a permanent basis after many other players that we need to fill that position with. Uh, MFB, very specific, says, I'm 60% against this. Our luck with injuries isn't that good, though, is it? And that works both ways to cover with Oxlade covering kind of the positions or with Oxlade coming in and getting injured himself. If I said Ox is just another Wilshire in disguise with his injury record, uh, Rahil says, yes, definitely Ox on loan in January. If he performs good than permanent, he also gives senior players experience in young Arsenal side. David says, sorry to say, I think it's a waste of a wage packet. And Femi says, I will take Wilshire back if he can prove his fitness over the ox so lots of differing views it's certainly going to be something that divides the fan base it seems but i i know that while bailey and and chris may be open to it i'm less so open to the idea of this as an option for arsenal going forwards now uh we've got some interesting other topics to discuss regarding our own our very own bakayo saka being nominated for the copper trophy now I'm assuming, is, is this a, a new sponsor or something? Because I've not heard of it being called that before. I'm assuming that it is. It's basically the, the youth version of the, the Ballon d'Or uh, trophy. I'm, I think it's only under-20s that can be involved players that I believe turned 
that were under the age of 20 at the start of 2021. I know that Saka is now 20, but of course was 19 at the start of 2021. So he can be involved, but players like Phil Foden, etc., cannot. So he, Bakaya Saka, is selected alongside Manchester United's Mason Greenwood, Barcelona's Pedri, Rennes, Jeremy Doku, Ajax's Ryan Gravenberch, Bayern Munich's Jamal Musiala, Bayer Leverkusen's Florian Verts, Borussia Dortmund's Jude Bellingham, and, uh, and Giovanni Reina from Dortmund as well, and Nuno Mendes from PSG, of course, formerly of Sporting Lisbon. So lots to, 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 for, to compete against. Bailey, does Saka have a shot to win it? Oh, absolutely. I think if you look at that list, I think the realistic opponent for Saka is Jude Bellingham. I think Mason Greenwood started the season well, but last season he did struggle to get off the mark. And I think that will go in Bakay Saka's favour. And then you just have to look at Euro 2020. I think that separates Saka from the rest of the group. I mean, um, Bellingham, he was in the squad, but he didn't play too much. Whereas Bakay Saka almost sometimes carried England a few games against Denmark, especially done very well. And I think he deserves this now. He's been our star boy. He's put Arsenal on, his, on the back last season. I don't know where we would have been without him last season, actually. And I think he got burnt out towards the end of last season. Otherwise, he would have kicked on and done amazing things even then. But I think he got a little, tight, a little bit tired towards the end of the season. But it's just testament to Bukayo Saka, really, how good he has been for Arsenal. And I'd like to mention Kylian Mbappe won it in 2018 and Delit 2019. So if Bukayo Saka can win that, I've done a piece recently saying how Bukayo Saka can follow the footsteps of Mbappe. So if Bukayo Saka mm-hmm. gets that award, then... The ceiling's untouchable for him. Did Erling Haaland win it in 2020 as well, I think? So uh, I'm pretty sure he won the Golden Boy Awards. Um, I don't know if it was 2020, but uh, yeah, it's amongst amazing company if if you do end up winning it. Chris, I mean, there is some big names on the list. Bailey referenced Saka's performance at the Euros. Another player on that list had an amazing European Championship was Pedri of Barcelona, and, and he was arguably Spain's best player during that tournament. Uh, do you think a player like that deserves uh, the award over Saka or is Saka the outright candidate for this? Yeah, well, I think he's certainly another another strong candidate to pick up the award, Pedri. Um, I was really impressed with him in, in the Euros as well. Um, he's had a, quite the rise, hasn't he, through, through Barcelona and playing uh, a lot of games for, for Spain. Looking really good. As Bailey touched on, Bellingham's been fantastic for Dortmund as well um, and has looked quite good when he's, he's appeared for the, for the England seniors men's team but um, I've got to be fully behind our very own star boy Bakayo Saka who has been you know and this isn't just me being an Arsenal fan here it's me being a fan of football in general he's an absolute joy to watch he's he's um, he, he gives exactly the same levels every game in my opinion he always you know he may not have the, the best game every week but he still gives 110 percent um you know i think uh it's been a slow relatively slow start to the season for him but um that's probably just a hangover from the euros playing a lot of minutes being quite tired um obviously it ended in a bit of disappointment he's had to deal with a lot of personal uh, stuff as well in terms of horrendous abuse going his way he's been so much to deal with such a young age as well um and having that responsibility taking that penalty at the age of 19 um i can't imagine what was going through his mind and what he has had to deal with since but um you know despite what he went through you know and it was uh, that that final and that penalty shootout in the aftermath was incredibly hard to watch Mm. but he continued with a smile on his face and he's 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 continued um, being just the 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 young guy that he is. He's he's um, he's just brilliant, isn't he? You know, he's he's always happy. He's always looking at the positives. He's he's down to earth. 
he's mature and like I said, he, he's had that slow start to the season, but then he, he turned it up a level against Tottenham and it was absolutely fantastic. It was the Bukayo Saka that we all know of and that we've all become so used to. He's, he was the player that has made him the fan favourite that he is today. And he captured he captured the hearts of, of millions of people across across the country during that, that Euros tournament and the aftermath. And he's 19 years old and he's, he's made some very big statements already. Um, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that the rest of the, those young lads on that list haven't. They're all very talented players who've got great futures ahead of them. But for me, Spokao Saka just stands up for the, from the rest um, and what he's achieved in, in such a short amount of time, how well he has handled it all. I think he's been exceptional and uh, we are incredibly, incredibly lucky to have him at Arsenal. And, um, and yeah, I'd be over the moon if he if he was to get the award. Well, you've heard it there from an incredibly unbiased panel of Arsenal fans as to who should win the Copper Trophy. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Aoife says, Pedri is the only challenge to Saka winning this, but really Saka deserves this more than anyone else on that list. Player of the season for Arsenal and with England to the final, Saka. For me, Femi says, Saka, easy. Uh, Van Persie, Vincent, says Saka all day long. I'm loving that Van Persie's finally returning to Arsenal with some uh, positive things to say about the club. Uh, Mark says Saka for me, but the Arsenal bars probably does not help. Uh, it's Young says uh, Pedri deserves it. Let's say that be true. Uh, Lewis says Saka's decision-making, professionalism and maturity are far beyond what you'd expect from anyone so young. And Stephen says, good morning. Uh, good morning all. I think that Saka deserves to win it. It's a must win and also support Lacazette moving because it seems Mikel doesn't have trust in him. To our next and final topic and then we'll be coming to the chat box for some questions. So if you do have anything you'd like to ask, please do throw them in. But the final story of the day is that Lacazette is very much of interest for a number of teams, but in particular Inter Milan, targeting the French forward for a possible January transfer. Bailey, it, is it too silly to, to let him go in January, considering it would leave us quite short and it's arguable that the options that we want to replace him wouldn't really be available until the summer? Yeah, I just... I think we have to sell Lacazette in the summer personally. I think we need Lacazette now. I think he's our best backup striker. Of course, we can't loan Balogun and sell Lacazette. So we have to choose one or the other. And I think how much can we really sell Lacazette for now? How much will we actually get for him? I think we can take our losses. Of course, he's signing for 50 million. So anything higher, like 10 million, 15, then I'll take it. But anything less, we need him for the season. I think we need to qualify for Europe and Lacazette will be crucial doing that. I think Sometimes when a Bamiyang doesn't work, Lacazette can come on the field and offer something different as a substitute. And I think he's very important for that. So selling Lacazette would not be feasible in my eyes. In January, I'd rather keep him and then just lose him on the free uh, in the summer because, of course, I don't think Nketiah or Balogun are up to that level just yet to be a Bamiyang's backup, backup plan. And I think Orba can be very inconsistent and Lacazette can be important just to fill in the gap sometimes. Chris? Um, look, I think the time is coming where we need to, to look at other options and we need to um, sort this, this situation out quite quickly. His, his contract's running down. It's exactly the same as Nketiah. Um, as it stands, they're both set to leave for, for free. Um, and for me, I think we're probably looking uh, towards the future now and and needing something fresh going forward. Um, I think, obviously, Aubameyang is going to stay put. 
Um, and uh, he'll continue to be an important player for us up front. But um, now I want to see some major competition come through the door. I really do. Whether or not that's achievable in, in January, I don't know. If, if Obviously, if we can... The, the perfect scenario is, is offloading um, potentially Nketiah and Lacazette in January or as soon as possible and getting getting a striker through the door. Balogun can take up Nketiah's position and a new striker can take up uh, Lacazette's position. And I'm not necessarily saying that the, the person we bring in should be along the same quality as Lacazette. I want someone who's a top, top quality striker who can come in and provide some really tough competition for, for Aubameyang because, as I said on the, on the show the other week, he's sort of in his early 30s now, he's he's getting on a little bit and um, he's I, I suppose we've probably seen evidence over the last few months that he's maybe not at his best anymore, Aubameyang. So I think we need to to get someone younger in as well, um, uh, someone who's who's got a lot of potential, a lot of quality already, who's who's going to put us in a good place moving forward as well. So um, I want I want the the, the Nketiah and Lacazette situations resolved as soon as possible, and I also think it makes sense now to to move them on. Um, I think that. I'm in a. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm sort of in a position now where I just I'm settled with them moving on. I think it's the right time. Lacazette, he's not exactly made a point for him to to stay. He's not exactly given us any reason to sit here and say, "Oh no, we can't sell Lacazette. We must keep him. We'd be lost without him." You know, we're not in that mm. situation. It's exactly the same with Inquietia. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got a lot of potential, but he's not going to play. Or when he, you know, when he does, it's not going to be much. So we might as well just um, try and get something for him rather than nothing um, and uh, and reinvest that in another striker to come in and uh, provide more competition for Aubameyang. It, 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 let's face it, we're in a situation now where we've been lacking goals, lacking creation going forward, and I think it is time to mix things up a bit. I think a fresh approach is needed and we need, need a new new head in the team. Uh, if it says, I find it intriguing what we'll do in January with the lack of contract issues, sell or keep. And then Aubameyang going to the AFCON, who will be our top striker during this period? If you let Lacazette go, we lose Aubameyang in the African Cup of Nations and suddenly you're down to Nketiah and Balogun unless you bring someone in during that window, which if you really want to get our top targets, it's going to be really difficult to do that. It's a real tricky kind of puzzle for Arteta and Edu to, to navigate. Uh, we will round off today's show with, of course, some questions. So if you do have any, you want to throw them into the chat box, we'll try and go through as many of them as we can. Uh, sticking with the Lacazette theme, Bailey, Mark Sampson says, how much would you let him go for in January if he is off for a free in the summer? I'd say for me, minimum double figure. So 10 million or above, anything 10 million above, and I'll consider it. But anything under than that, then we might be, I feel like we might as well just keep him to the summer because we might actually lose more money not qualifying for Europe by selling him. Um, by not qualifying for so yeah, so we might lose more money if mm-hmm. we do uh, sell him rather than keep him because getting into that them Champions League places as a dream or them European qualifying places that can get you more money. So I'd rather just keep him to be honest. But anything above the double figures, I'll consider it. Yeah, I think it's a good point because if you think about it. People might say he's, you're never going to get 10 million for him in January, but it's not worth Arsenal selling him for less because his presence could help Arsenal gain more money than that just by having him there. So the risk is probably not worth it. Chris MFB says if Lacquer goes and we are not bringing in anyone in January, what will our first 11 look like with obviously Abamyang and Lacazette out? 
Well, obviously, I don't think much will change if they if they continue performing how they have been the last few weeks. I think the Ramsdale will stay in the back line, will stay the same midfield, pretty much the same party. Xhaka will be probably coming back in once he's recovered from injury. And we've got Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Saka going forward for us, and then Aubameyang will be our will be our main number nine, I would imagine. Mm. Um, and then depending on what the situation is with Inketia, he might be then the backup. Or if he goes as well, Balogun will be back up. We've obviously got Martinelli as well that can play as a striker if 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 he needs to. But um, I wouldn't be selling Lacquer and not getting anyone else in. Definitely not because you know I like Balogun. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, but uh, is he ready to take that step up yet? You know, we're, we're talking about Abamyang, one of the, still one of the best forwards in the world, to then dropping down to Balogun who hasn't proved himself at Premier League level yet. And yeah, that would be a bit weird for me. Um, the same goes mm. for Martinelli. Can't rely on him as a centre forward. When he has played there, he's, he's struggled sometimes. I still think we get the best out of him uh, out wide. I think that's where he's more comfortable. So yeah, I, I can't see us selling Lacazette and not getting anyone else in. Um, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a wise move. Uh, Mark Sampson says, Bailey, who would you like in that centre midfield slash CDM role? Believe that Zenith Zakaria would be a good option. He is a Swiss, so no African Cup of Nations, six foot one, 24 years of age, and only six months left on his contract. Tom, you know who I'm going to say. You know, I think I, you know who I'm going to say. I'm going to say Hussein Aura from Leon. That is who yeah. I'd like in that centre mid slash CDM role, playing in a pivot alongside a defensive midfielder. He creates some deep. I know. <laughs> 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 yeah, look what you've done oh, oh mate <laughs> when are you going to stop this <laughs> oh, uh, as yeah, everyone will be able to tell um, Tom is a huge fan of Hussamoa um, and uh, dream signing for Arsenal isn't it mate oh yeah one goal in <laughs> nine Liga games so far from a field to assist um just, just, just not really good enough, is he? Um, I mean, he's just—he's just not good enough. Like, I don't—he's got all the quality in the world, but he's not consistent. He's there's a reason why Leon want to get rid of him. There's a reason why they couldn't get rid of him last summer because no one wants him. Uh, so why Bailey wants him, I—I I don't know. But, Listen, uh, Dortmund wanted to get rid of Aubameyang and he's turned into a captain. The same kind of. I didn't have much choice. He wanted to go. He was telling him he wanted to leave. He was making himself like he, he really made it difficult for Dortmund <laughs> to, 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 to keep him. Uh, oh, honestly, yeah. No, I just let's let's change the question because you know, we'll sort of save Bailey there from embarrassing himself anymore. Uh, let's go to uh, ten million or above, says Jonathan. I was thinking eighteen million. Or I think you're going to struggle, Jonathan, to get that. I think Bailey's. I mean, rarely spot on in this scenario, but uh, but yeah, ten million is probably about right for for Lacazette, I think, uh, in that regard. Uh, and twenty million, he's going as high as well. Uh, Chris, would you take your favourite player to pronounce in the world, uh, Dusan Vlovic? Uh, which I don't even think I'm pronouncing correctly, to be fair. But for Arsenal from Fiorentina, yeah. Um, obviously, I done a piece on him the other day. Uh, it was reported by, by uh, Fabrizio Romano, I, I believe it was, um, that uh, Flahovic <laughs> was um, was yeah. was not going to extend his his contract with Fiorentina, um, and uh, yeah, that I think the the president of the club came out and said that that, that it's, it's not happening, it's it's over or something. So um, 
well, I think his contract's up in 2023, is it? So a couple of years yeah. left. Um, the price obviously will be decreasing the, 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 the closer we approach to that. He's uh, obviously proven himself in, in the Serie A. I think he was just behind the likes of Lukaku, Ronaldo, um, a couple seasons back in terms of, of goals scored throughout the season. Uh, what, one thing that um, I like about him is his physicality. and He's, he's, he's quite tall as well. So he's, it's like he's tailor-made for the Premier League. He's good at his hold-up play. He's, he's strong. He's good in the air. And I, I mentioned it in the article. We haven't had someone like that in the Arsenal team since Olivier Giroud. And um, I think we've missed, missed that physical presence up front. We've got Aubameyang, who well, he's not tall and he's not overly strong. He's good at holding the ball up and he's a good finisher. But apart from that, you know, he's quite limited. Aubameyang's obviously got the pace. Um, and despite him being uh, having a bit of height, he's not overly great in the air. We don't really associate him win, winning every header in, that comes in the box and scoring a load of headers, do we? Um, he's good at running in behind. And he's obviously, like I say, uses pace against the opposition. Gets into, gets into to, uh, some good positions. But... Um, you know, that target man to, to use in different games against different teams or to maybe come off the bench, we haven't had that. And I think I think Vlahovic would do really well um, at, at that job and he'd offer us something different. Um, and he's a good finisher as well. He's good with the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, why not? I, I don't think we'll be the only team interested, obviously, after his performances in Italy. Um, it's expected that a lot of other teams will be in for him. But uh, I, I wouldn't say it's out of our reach. Absolutely not. No, neither would I have our reach. I like what you did there, mate. Well done. Um, in regards to finishing off today's show, if you haven't already, please do drop a like on today's show and, of course, subscribe to the Arsenal Way to continue receiving our, your daily content. Lots of, well, loads of varied content we've got going on. Our new shows, our videos, our interviews that have been out there, chatting to Mo Farah, uh, Joao Trelliao, who is our favourite, our social media, multimedia editor, Guy Clark's favourite person to pronounce. Love when Guy has a go at pronouncing Joel Trellia's name. It's entertaining me greatly. Quite similar to Chris's pronunciation of Dusan Vlovic as well, which I know I'm also getting wrong, so we can all laugh at each other. <laughs> if there are any Serbian listeners, do let us know uh, how we are pronouncing these horrifically wrong. Uh, always appreciate the phonetics when you guys throw them into the comment section. Learning is, is what we're all about here, but thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Let me take a second to thank my panel. Bailey, Kind of a pleasure you brought up our war, so you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're never gonna let it go to forever enemies when it comes to our. But yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Next time you're playing six aside, I want to see you in our shirt for the <laughs> commitment you've got to him. An Arsenal shirt with our on the back would be the ultimate. <laughs> That's the one, Chris. Always a pleasure to have you on, fella. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Cheers, Bailey. Thank you to everyone who's, who's tuned in, watched, and listened to the show this morning. Appreciate it. Catch you next time. Absolutely. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh, I believe Bailey will be hosting the show uh, with some other special guests as well. So make sure you tune in 9.30 every single Monday to Friday and keep following us down the Arsenal way.